what's up, everybody? It's Chef Jordan Chaton, and you are now tuned in to Chefish. Today, we have my lovely friend here, Chef Razia Sabour. Chef Razia is a private chef, caterer, and a real deal celebrity chef because she has actually been on TV shows. You know what I'm saying? So she's a real celebrity chef. And just to give... Is that what makes one? Yeah. Not featured on the B-roll. You know what I'm saying? But she was was starred in a show. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit later but to give us a little introduction on who chef razia is so chef razia actually grew up in washington dc with a family of 12 other siblings Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah okay so 12 siblings Uh and she had the luxury of having a peach tree and herbs growing in the front yard with a grapevine wrapped around the back porch Mm -hmm. and so that means early on she knew what local sustainable food tastes like gave her the upper hand and also her dad was a chef so that was in-house game already we love that you know what i'm saying we love that ultimately when she started growing up she went to college and when she was studying in college she was cooking for her Uh roommates Uh okay five girls Uh and her now husband lived upstairs you know what i'm saying so he only had to go downstairs you know what i'm saying slide a little bit you know we love that so her dad's influence the herbs and peaches and all of that in her front yard then growing up cooking with her college roommates pretty much built the foundation Mm -hmm. of her culinary company now that she owns which is fuller food Mm -hmm. right yes and fuller food is actually one of the premier catering companies in atlanta that caters to all the movie sets and stuff yeah she a little big time you know what i'm saying (laughs) she a little big time you know and not only that, one of her biggest inspiration are her children who are now at the age of getting in the kitchen with mom. Yeah. So they actually like it. So that's like a big thing for Chef Razia. So yeah. welcome to the couch. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Very I, excited. I appreciate you giving me to something chat to with talk. you. Yes. I appreciate you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I know... My chefies out there are probably wondering how does Chef Razi and I know each other. And we were actually introduced by a mutual friend. You may have heard me mention her before. Chef Rosemarie Clear, the food stylist that lives in Los Angeles now. One yeah. of the top. Get your Googles on. If y'all haven't yeah. looked up Rosemarie Clear yet, look her up. She's one of the top African-American food stylists yes. in the game. Sure. And you all had created this thing called the Woman Chef Alliance. Yes. And so we, we met actually doing a cooking experience together mm-hmm. yeah. and from there we, we just, just like clicked. loved each other yeah like, yeah so we came here and cooked together on your rooftop we did yeah. we did, we did. We did. it was so good it was yeah. like five of us and we put it all together yeah. one of my older nieces was here mm-hmm. it was that food was bomb yes i wish y'all could have tasted it you yeah. know what i'm saying <laughs> but you can't maybe yeah. you could hire one of us yeah But okay, so now for the starter, now that I've given a brief intro on who you are, can you tell me in your own words how your heritage and where you come from has influenced your food now and tell us a little bit about who you are in your own words? Who am I? So I am a chef and I've owned Fuller Food for almost 12 years now. Okay. I started this company as a way to be more present for my children as a way to have more control over my time. Okay. Because working, well, it turned out to be 
a whole lot of physical work in the beginning. <laughs> my first gig, I got that gig the day before I was scheduled to start. I had just gotten my license and all of that. What gig? Tyler Perry Studios. What a TV? Right. Right after I kind of gotten all the paperwork that I'm supposed to have to, to actually to run a business. A yes. legal catering company? Yes. yes. Exactly. And I had to send all of that paperwork in to cater for 75 people. Okay. But I wasn't planning on being a catering company. So I was just like, I can't feed 75 people. Long story short, my sisters showed up the following day with me. I went to Restaurant Depot and bought all the supplies and got t-shirts made and all of this the day before I showed up on their lot. I fed the 75 people just like a beautiful soul food spread. Right. Um, but I set it up professionally and beautifully, whatever. Before they finished eating, I was hired to do five weeks of lunch and dinner. Was it for the set or for like his family or what was it cast for? and crew. Okay. He cast was, and crew. Yeah. So I, I had to do cast and crew. So that kind of built my repertoire from, from there. Like I would just ask the cast and crew what they would want to eat. I would mm -hmm. just ask people what, what they would like to eat. Cause really I didn't have a repertoire as far as comfort food was okay. concerned. So I kind of built it by that. And then I went over to WeTV. I went back to, t I was just doing to different sets. And so I kind of became a production caterer on the job. Okay. I built my team on the job. Okay. I, I did so many things while on the job. It was on the job training and companies or production companies as they were coming into Atlanta, you know, this was like being built as a little Hollywood at right. the time, 12 years ago. So as they were coming into Atlanta, they were picking me like my name was just being passed around. Right. So I got all of this experience on the fly, on the fly and right. learned on the fly. But I always showed up and I did, you know, my very best. And so, but soul food has always kind of been the staple, I feel like through your career. Hmm. It became that, I think, in the beginning of my career, I wanted to showcase more of the technique of cooking, more of the whatever the industry standard of cooking is in terms of chefs. Soul food was, is still frowned upon. Right. It is the worst thing of the worst thing that you could ever yes. say you cook. So I was trying to hide from that. Right. Um, even though I was doing it in production catering, uh, when I got my first client as a private chef, as a private chef, it was, it was geared around the same food, but I was trying to introduce different, different food. food right. because of the stigma or the image that is placed upon soul food. Right. So, well, if soul, soul food, food is done right, it's actually not easy. It's not easy. It's very technique driven. It, it's really based on seasonings and spice blends, like b blending those spices together and very, it's very technique driven. Right. But that is not the attitude or the persona that soul food has, right. regardless of, of the technique. And do you think that that's just because it's associated with black people? Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that we are taught to downgrade ourselves or ourselves With slave food yeah downgrade ourselves and then other people come in they take what our culture or they take whatever we've created and name it something else and then it's something else gentrification and yeah food. so even soul food became something that i started having a voice about because of the nature of it but because of 
what people were saying about it, you know, right. like, because I wanted to give it, show it in a different light. I wanted to show it beautifully and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted right. to talk about the history of it. I wanted to, I want, I wanted people to value it. Right. So as I started going on these different cooking shows and whatever, whenever I was asked about my culinary point of view, this might be six years into owning a business, I would make it a point to talk about my own history, my own heritage, my own culture. Right. And our, my culture's contribution to American food in general. The landscape. The landscape of right. American food. So right, because we are, food. we are really intertwined through the fabric of food. Yeah, we um, are it. We, especially if you want some flavor. You yeah, know what I'm so saying? We, we brought that here. But yeah, but that's what I would do. I would talk about how I season food. I would talk about my technique of stewing things down. But that is the technique of African people. Right. That came from West Africa. We brought that here, you know, so it was important that I start using my history in talking about my food. Right. Versus, versus just, just putting it on a plate. Yeah, there's just, or just having a separation because I had the platform to talk. Right. Going on these different sets, sets and um, going on food shows myself, right. you know, or or having to speak for a cooking uh, class or anything. Mm -hmm. I do it corporately now, but like I would use that as my platform. You ask me a question, I'm going to relate it to what I really am, who I really am. Okay. And so we had briefly mentioned that when you were in college, you were cooking for your roommates. Were you studying culinary in college? No, I became a social worker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I was, yeah. So I was in college. I became a social worker. It wasn't until after I had my first daughter and I was working like 16, 18 hours a day as a social worker. My parents bought a house here once I was, um, once I had her and I just wasn't seeing her right. often. So I became a business owner, um, to or, try to have control to, to, over your schedule. Yeah. To control my schedule and to be a present mother, right. To raise my own child. I was a social worker, a therapist for abused and neglected children. And I was neglecting your, my own child. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was like, my parents can't raise my child. So. Okay. So yeah, we love it when a mother puts her children first. <laughs> do we? We do. We do. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. important. Yeah. It's really important. Your, your, your children end up being the greatest reflection of yourself. Yeah. Um, so, and Agreed. you know, that's a big thing to, you know, everybody doesn't, doesn't have it that way and can't structure their mm -hmm. life that way. So I'm definitely not talking down on mothers yeah, or no. how anyone operates, but we do love, uh, moms, yeah. fathers who will pivot and change their lives and alter um, their careers to be more present. Yeah. Because it's important because if you're not raising them, you, the streets can. Right. Or your other family. That's not your baby. It's your grandma, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She wanted, sometimes she would want to stay at my mom's house because right. I would be picking her up at 7, 8 o'clock at night, have to drop her right back off at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's like sometimes she would cry to have to go with me. Right. It's like, Which no, is that's not going to be my life. No. Yes. So, um... I'm happy that you mentioned that because I was going to say, just to give them a little taste, tell us how um, being a mompreneur has affected how you operate in your career. I would say, I think now that my career, I'm 12 years in, now that my business is more so brain work and not as strenuous or as uh, laborsome um, or physical labor. Okay. Uh, it's much easier. And my daughters are bigger, are older than, um, older now. 
and they're bigger than me. Um, and they can help, you right. know, like if they can come work with me, they worked with me a few times now, but as a mompreneur back then, um, when they were smaller, I was just able to do things upon their schedule. Right. It was a lot of work. It was very strenuous. Being on those sets is crazy. Sometimes the sets move all of that, but I was able to be in control of my time. I was, it, it taught me how to put people in place. It taught, right. it taught me how to delegate, um, it, it taught me how, how to grow a business and how to scale a business because right. I had those two people have two daughters as my primary goal and my primary focus. Right. So you were able to find your own voice and advocate for yourself with your yeah. clients and letting people know like, this is what I'm available for. This is what mm-hmm. I'm not available yeah. for. That's the luxury of being your own boss. Yeah. And, um, also finding it within yourself to release the control and mm-hmm. actually hire a team because yeah. really when you're the boss, you don't, you don't do the hard work no more. No. You know, you hire, you hire a good team yeah. and you're able to kind of take a step back. Yeah. It, and it, you have to take a step back to scale the business. Okay. Yeah. And then, so now that we've discussed that, let's get into our main course. Ooh. When would you say that you fell in love with food or you actually pivoted from social work and decided food is it for me? The words fell in love with food probably came later okay. in my career of being an entrepreneur, in my career of being a chef, running, running a business. I think it was when I developed my own voice in terms of food, my culinary point of view is what they might call it. Um, I remember when I started going on TV shows as myself, as a chef those types of shows, I would always be asked, what is my culinary point of view or, you know, what do you cook or, you know, things of that nature. Once I decided that I am going to speak about my history, my culture, my food, um, I think that's when I developed the greatest love for it because it gave me value for it. It gave me a more of a connection to it versus something that I'm doing uh, to be a present mom. Um, it just, it didn't, it wasn't just like something that I can do. It was something that was legacy building. It was something that was more important than just cooking. Right. Um, and it tied me to it by learning about my own history. Once I started to dig and search for the value in my cultural food, right. Um, like the history of uh, black eyed peas and, yeah. you know, like, yeah. cause if you really make it the correct way, it has yeah. three meats in it. It's not yeah. supposed to be one. And then for new year's, well, for new year's specifically, it's supposed yeah. to be the three meats. They have different me- meats yeah. and then the cornbread with the collard greens, the money and the, the corn, meanings of all, all of these of it. different traditions in cooking, even us being, you know, planting our own crops and growing our own food, all of these things, all of the resources that we brought with us when we came, um, even the things that we do today, mm-hmm. they became my voice. They became my purpose. They became my love for food. So what was the actual, like, what was your life looking like when you pivoted from social work to food? Cause that's a drastic change. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what was happening? That you know what I'm saying? Like, did yeah. you work in restaurants to figure this out? No. Or, so you literally were like, I'm about to just start this catering company. Overnight. And the second I, day, t- 
Tyler Perry was your first client. Yep. Just like that. Say that then. <laughs> Say that. Plus was mine. Happen. You know what See? that means? What? That you're actually really good at what you do. Because you can't make it into those those spaces mm-hmm. and not really be good. And especially if you get called back. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I'll take that. Yeah. But I, I would say I had a vision. I had several visions. And I don't want to go too far out somewhere with it. I had several visions about this. I, I originally was basically asking the universe to be more present as a mom with my daughter. That's all. That's it. And I did not think that there was an out in the career that my family paid for. Basically, they paid oh. for my education. Okay. It's like how I'm just going to switch careers. But that kept haunting me. That vision that I had, it was of a Mack truck driving down the interstate. It was of me in a chef coat. The Mack truck had Fuller on it. Mm-hmm. You know, Fuller is my mother's maiden name. Okay. Um, all of these puzzles were in my head. Pieces. Pieces, yep. Were in my head. And I sat down one day with my mom and I just said it all to her. One day as I got off work, coming to pick up my daughter, I sat at her kitchen table and I just said all these different things to her. And I was like, and it won't go away. It's just in my brain. Manifestation. She was like, do it. Yes. But I wasn't even trying to. I was manifesting something different. Right. To be more present as a mom. And or so you came. thought. Yeah, but so God thought, had a different yeah, plan and for That's you. what came to me. And she said, basically, move on it. Like, right. do it. I got my truck wrapped. I had a little truck. I got my, <laughs> I got my little, because this is when everybody used to drive around with their little kids. Yeah, yeah everything with, with it wrapped, with, mm-hmm. with your name, your logo all over it. I got that done. I thought I was going to have like a food truck situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I, I did all of that. And then once I got all of my paperwork in order, it's literally like as soon as I got that done, I got some calls. Like calls were just coming to me. Right. And it wasn't because I was marketing anything. Actually, I've never marketed my business, but it just happened that way. Right. I don't know how it happened. Right. So considering that catering is a huge part of your business. Mm -hmm. Can you break down what a typical contractor invoice should look like for those that don't really know? What are like, just give us, just give us three things that you're like, for y'all that are just getting into this and you're really trying to take catering serious. These are things that you should have on your catering invoice. Cause a lot of people don't know to charge for a certain amount of time, delivery, you know what I'm saying? yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would say the, the main thing is the food is separate from the service. Say it again. And the food, the food itself <laughs> is, is separate from the service. Right. And the type of service they choose is important. So, so you can have delivery, which is a different service. You can have setup, which, which is, is a, just an additional service, an additional service. Is and you can have setup and service. Is it plated? You know, is it buffet? Is it plated? Yeah. So these these are different things that are added on as services. They're added on because it's important in the type of service that you receive. Everything is going to be of the greatest standard, but people have to select what they what they want specifically because it's it's levels to it. It's levels. So you mean like a like a bronze, gold, platinum package? I guess so. Uh, Yeah. No, like this. Yeah. Okay. So if the budget is 5,000, 3,000 is for my service fee. We'll say yeah. the a thousand is for the food. And then there's a thousand gray areas. So we pay the setup, we pay mm-hmm. the staff, 
I would say there is a there is a chef minimum. Okay. Right. So what I have, you better have a minimum. Yeah, is is a chef minimum. Okay. This means if you call me to receive any type of service from me, this is my baseline. But can people call you? People can call me. I mean, it's an email, but yeah, you can. It's call an me. email. <laughs> she actually doesn't take calls. No, yes, <laughs> no, she Don't doesn't. Do me like this, please. No, because, explain. Okay, it's an email. It's an email because it's important. Business is important to have a thread for for how. You've gone about the conversation. So even if somebody emailed me five years ago, I can type in their information into my email, their email address, and I can pull up that I've talked to you before. I can see that. Well, if we have phone calls, there's no tracking for anything that has happened. You can tell me that I said something that I didn't say, right? any of that. And then there's other people on my team. So if somebody else takes that email, it's still a part of a thread that I can see what has already happened before I can write you back. So that's an important thing. If it's thing. like, well, I talked to Tiffany and blah, blah, blah. Well, Tiffany sent me a text message. No, we don't operate like that. So that's not even possible. Right. It's a, it's a tracking system to keep you aware of your own business, really. Because it's a working to, contract. It's a working contract. And it's also, it's important to maintain a status for your business, a way that things move. Because if I'm out or if I'm, if I'm unavailable or something like that, somebody else can look it up. Somebody else can, but we can't do that based on text messages to your phone or for verbal conversations. Or, yeah. Verbal conversations. No, we didn't. We could not have agreed on that because this is. Yeah. Or like when verbal. something doesn't go the way it was supposed to go yeah. and somebody on the other side, mm-hmm. um, falls short or affects the overall, mm-hmm. um, the overall uh, experience, yeah. basically. So yep. if somebody says you agreed to do something mm-hmm. that you didn't agree to, if there's nothing in a paper trail, yep. nobody really knows. Because yep. a lot of times when you're doing um, bigger events, there's a lot of middle people that you're dealing yep. with yep. and you're not always dealing directly with the client. Mm-hmm. So that's why for you, the important thing is to converse through email. Yeah, a paper trail is... Paper trail gonna save yeah. all Talk Studios taught me that. His staff is impeccable. So besides that, tell me a few things, um, a few key points on what you look for when you're creating um, a budget. Do you create the budget for for the stuff you do on the movie sets or do they approach you with a budget? So for the most part, the question is, what is your projected budget? Mm. What is your planned budget? What budget do you have for catering? What budget do you have? Right. And then they're going to give you a range. If they don't give you a range, there is no budget. That is not the answer. That's not true, actually. Right. But you go with your chef minimum. Right. What is your minimum? Do you feel comfortable telling us that? I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) Some people don't like talking about money, girl. It's okay. I mean, well, so it's $1,800. To even talk to her. No, not to even talk to me. No. To email with her. $1,800, no matter whether it's one person or... How many people t- it can be? Even if it's one person, you got to pay her eighteen eighteen hundred. But it's worth the experience. Her. It's not even like I'm I'm a, I'm an expensive uh, high whatever. Yes, chef. you are. What are okay. you talking about? I'm just saying. Don't that that's not, the universe. It's industry standard, is what I'm saying. Right. It's not like this is far off. This is this is what chefs. You should at least start at twelve hundred dollars, like you or or a thousand. Let's just say a thousand. Because I've been in it for twelve years. Right. So. In the clientele that I have, 
they come, they, they are referred to us. Right. It's not like I'm, I'm out holding up a sign saying <laughs> that I'm $1,800. Right. Know? So the clientele coming to me already knows your resume, expect, you know? Yeah. So it's not like you're walking into a store and expecting something different. I'm not walking into coach and expecting Dior. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, what you're getting when you, when you reach out to me, you already know, kind of know that. Right. But I should, I say it's important to have a chef minimum right. for yourself. Okay. What are you willing to work for? That's not including the food or anything else. What should you go home with? Right. To even make it worth it for the day. To make it worth your time. And then, so what's the largest catering contract that you've done where you've walked away with? The money? Yeah. The amount of money? Like twenty, thirty thousand. No, the largest. Yeah. So on a set, something could run for three months. It mm-hmm. can run for two months. You know, um, to walk away meaning profit. Yeah. Maybe because I worked with her before, and we she was pretty upset. We didn't walk away <laughs> with fifteen thousand. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so small. So, okay. You know what I'm saying? So yes, we, we should have um walked away. But um <laughs> I don't know. Uh maybe maybe 120, 150 is is the most that I've walked away with, but that's months what do you and mean, months of work. 120,000? But that's that's months and months and months of work. It's a lot Dang. of work. 120,000. No, no, no. No. No, I know. Imagine doing some uh, on a set. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Every single day for three months. No, this is encouraging. Okay. No, it's not encouraging. You would be, you, no, oh, because so many people are really not comfortable with talking about money. It's a very taboo okay. thing. Chefs that I've been interviewing have been very reluctant to answer the question. So okay. I'm just happy that you're saying numbers. Okay. I'm, okay. okay. So it gives those that don't really understand the business okay. a clear understanding of this is what you could really get. You, yeah. Over, over a four month contract, you're working on sets, you're cooking for this amount of people. People, yeah. you could look at one hundred and twenty to one hundred and eighty thousand dollar contract. Yeah, I was over here talking about five, ten thousand yeah. dollars. Look at you. Know no, you will. It just depends because sometimes you do a one off, and right. at that experience, you might walk. I might only walk away with eighteen hundred dollars. Right, and that's not a little bit. It's, right, is what my value was for that experience. Right. Um. Maybe we shouldn't talk about money because I don't, it's not, it's not that, we already talk about it. it's We're not that on. glamorous of a thing. It's We're not really, okay. it is. No, financial literacy and understanding what you can make, what you start at in the business is mm-hmm. important. Yes. But especially now with social media, so many people are jumping into the business with no experience, even though you were able to jump in and navigate and yes. turn into the chef that you are today. Yes. That's not really how it is. There's yeah. a lot of Instagram chefs that are not necessarily trained, right? Yes. I feel like Training growing up important. in the house with your dad being a chef kind of gave you an extra edge, even though that wasn't really mm-hmm. your focus, yeah. basically. And it's also learning on the job. All the classes there are to take, take them. Any Anything that is available to you, do it. Be forever a student. student. I am forever a student. Anything that I need to learn how to do, any techniques, any of that, I find the class and I take it. I Take a class. Class, I, yeah, I take all the classes, even you if it's YouTube, well. I research, I research like, because you have it at the tips of your fingers. You can research anything, there's any no and everything. Um, there's no excuse. So I know that you won own networks, the great soul food cook-off. Correct. Did I say, yeah. I was like, that felt like a mouthful. Yeah. I was like, it's let me make sure I get it right. Yeah. You know it's what I'm saying? Cool. So what was that experience like? 
Did you get to meet Oprah? I did not get to meet Oprah. Dang. <laughs> but we were still in Oprah's uh, house, okay? Yes. Network. <laughs> Network. I was in there. But um, it's now on HBO. Okay. That show is now streaming. You can watch it on HBO. Tune into Max. the game. Yeah. It's still on OWN too, but you can watch it on HBO Max. But the experience was hmm, a growing experience. I did not realize that I was, I'm a very shy person working in this industry it's very behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Celebrity chef, that whole situation, that's not the reality of it. You're not in front of the camera. You're behind the scenes. So even calling myself a celebrity chef was never a thing because I'm not the celebrity. I'm in service to the celebrity. celebrities. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it yanked me out of being shy. The anxiety that you have of like two cameras in front of you, a producer in front of you, a camera up under you, so many cameras everywhere. Then you're going to cook soul food. Right. In 30 minutes or 45 minutes. That's it. Right. So cooking and talking, all of these things that I am not accustomed to doing. Um, I run a business, but I delegate people to do different things. Um, and I don't really have to talk much while I'm working. <laughs> no. We kind of got our head down and we're in a zone or I am in a zone when I'm working. Yes. So to have to have your head up and talk and cook and look. And be entertaining. And then they're answering you questions while you're cooking. They're and you're like, questions. I'm really trying to stay in this right. 30 minutes. <laughs> so I had a lot of fumbles. I fumbled the ball a lot. Um, but it yanked me up out of my shell. I didn't realize how shy I was until I went on there. And I went on there with the sole purpose of just showcasing our cultural food in a beautiful way. And I love it anyway. But I did not expect or anticipate the competition thing of it. Aspect. Yeah, the whole... I didn't expect that. So, yeah, they just taught me. It grew me up. Like, they grow up, child. You grew up. Yeah, grow up, child. <laughs> Everybody ain't got to like you. We're in a competition. We don't have to be family. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I'm the totally opposite. I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. I came here to win. <laughs> I came I came there to kumbaya and be together and hug. And it like, was not that. They're in like, child, we're trying to win this money. No. Like, we ain't got to be friends. They be were very friendly. They are friends for life. They were very friendly. But in terms of the show, the atmosphere, it's like, get with it. This is a competition. Come on. <laughs> She's like, I grew up with 12 siblings. I thought we was going to be, you know, this going to be together. Family. We're going to showcase soul food in a beautiful way. We ain't got to fight. But, uh, yeah. So, but before you were on that, you've been on a few different shows before. Yeah. Um, but once you won that, do you feel like it opened up more doors for you? I do. I, mm. I do. Um, so I just went to the Culinary Institute of Arts every year has a uh, food showcase brings about 10,000, 15,000 people there to their campus in Napa Valley. I was um, showcased there as a chef. I cooked for four days. It was like 16 hour days too, again, but I cooked for four days um, under the brand Kikoman. So the soy sauce okay. brand, yeah. I cooked under their brand. Um, so they said, so now people are calling you. Yeah. So they're calling me to be the voice of my cultural food, which I never even thought could actually be a thing. Right. But it is a thing because, and it's a thing that I've been doing for a while. Right. And I'm now doing it on higher platforms or, or more public platforms, I would say. Right. So I also know that, um, you've helped a few different celebrities with their cookbooks. Yes. Um, so what, what are those type of experiences like? It's different to be a, um, ghostwriter. Okay. Um, 
but it's still kind of from me. I have those books in my home. Right. Um, but I, I think that I've learned a lot about the technique of writing a recipe, even writing for Google or any other, uh, online type of platform. Mm -hmm. Writing recipes is what it taught me. Becoming a recipe developer right. um, just taught me the technique of writing recipes and visualizing food, um, food styling and all of that. It, that's what it So did do you have me. any aspirations of coming out with your own cookbook? Yeah, I'm working on it. I have um, 43 recipes in. No, so. Fuller food. <laughs> Fuller food. Yeah. The so. fullest. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the name of the book right there. The fullest, the fullest. filled up, filled up. Filled up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You better. We gonna be on the lookout. Filled for up. It. There we go. Filled up. I actually do like that. And like then, it. so, do you have any aspirations of doing your own cooking show? Yeah, I'm. I'm open to whatever the universe has for me. I'm. I feel like the experience of that show had me come out of my whatever this is, protective casing and be more of a spokesperson, be able to speak more publicly. Be in a face. Uh, yeah. Be in front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, you cute. Ah, they're my girl. You're my girl. You, you, you. 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 you like a little pocket size fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love it. You know, I'm way taller than her. Y'all can't yes. see because we're sitting down, but yes. she's so you cute. Are. I love you I'm so a little, much. A little smaller person. And so now that we've discussed the main course, can you tell my chefies uh, what your recipe for success is? If you could tell them three things, it's like three top things to keep in mind to get into the business or three things that you would tell your younger self getting into the business. Three things to get into. So I feel like in life, the most important thing is to do your very best. Give everything you have. If you can't give it your absolute all, it's not worth your time. If you cannot give it everything you have, it is not worth your time. Okay. That's my very first thing. Always give your absolute best. Um, and then I would say the next thing. Matter of fact, I want to talk about that more. And your absolute best in terms of being a chef or being in this business, it happens first with yourself. So not just the food has to look beautiful and all of that, but even your presentation of yourself. So something important is I don't cook in what I present myself in. Okay. I get dressed just like the food gets dressed. Okay. So, you know, the food is cooked in our incubator, in our little kitchen, whatever. The food is, you know, however it is in terms of what it looks like in prep. When you bring it to set it up, you have to set yourself up too. So she said, don't be coming, don't be coming to work all not polished. You better polish and polish yourself up just the same way you're going to polish that plate. You're going to clean around that plate. All of that. That is important. Present yourself in the way that you would present the food. It's the same. It's a whole overall experience. And that goes into my second point. I just thought of one hospitality. Third. This Your is the third, third on one. three. This yeah. is good. Oh yes. All right. So hospitality around, but is important. The service that you would want mm. somewhere, give it of the highest service. I, I give everything. P client is not supposed to go pick up something. If they're already seated, you put the plate in front of them. If they need something, you make sure they get it. If they're done with their plate, you make sure you pick it up. Um, so service, the highest quality of service, hospitality is important. And I have to add a fourth one, which is be on time. <laughs> be on time. Don't nobody, because 
Be so, prompt. Be prompt. And on time means a little early. Yes. Because if you're supposed to be there at five o'clock, you can't pull up at five. It's not... I'm always at least 30 minutes early. And that's because also I live in Atlanta. So if I... We get traffic. moving and, and all of a sudden something happens and traffic is jacked up or whatever. I still have some type of leeway to the time that I told the client that I would show up. Right. So you tell the client based on maybe a 30 minute break. Like if I attend to show up at two o'clock, I'm going to say one thirty. Right. So it gives me some type of. I always show up two hours race. early to my clients. <laughs> no, I'm saying. But so so it gives it, it takes me about three hours to set up, set up. anything yeah. that I'm going to set up. Right. So I'm going to show up three hours prior to whatever the event might be. Right. But if I say that's two o'clock, I'm going to show up at one thirty, mm-hmm. just in case anything happens on my way there. I need to pick up something or whatever the case may be. I have some type of grace in between the time. Right. Either way, be prompt. And if something happens that's out of your control, keep the client informed. Right. Let them know. Don't have them looking, looking for you and all of that. Just let them know. Things right. happen. Be punctual, y'all. Be punctual. So that's our third. And so our palate cleanser. So, you know, after a long day of work, right? Yes. When you get home, what are you cooking for yourself? Am I cooking for myself? What you going to eat? Am I drink a green juice? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to drink some greens and I'm going to drink them on the way home. Uh, That is the truth. But um, I'm a sandwich cereal girl at the end of the day. Or toast. I'm a green juice girl. Really? I'm a juice. I'm a juice girl, or I'm a gulp down some water girl, or I'm a grab an orange or grapefruit. I'm okay, grapefruit, we like the I healthy fruit. I love. We citrus. like that healthy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not. It's not to be healthy. It's to be quick. Really, it's like I don't want to see another stove. I don't want to touch the stove. I don't even want to touch the toaster. Right. Real. Um, and then even I making even a sandwich is so crafty to me. I'm not going to just make it real quick. So no, I don't want to think about the components of a sandwich. Okay. I just want to drink something down and go on by my business. And when you're cooking in the kitchen, what are you listening to? Either Afro beats or something with affirmations. I don't know. Okay. That's good. And for the dessert, tell us how love and family and your and sisterhood has helped you in your business model. Well, sisterhood in my business model. The very my fr- very first gig that was my sisters, you know, that showed up for me, and then I was hired to do five weeks. Then went over to Wee TV to do this. So it's always one of my sisters with me. My sister Zaza, she um, is the youngest of us, and um, <laughs> she's the one who's like, you can't keep showing up looking like a cunt. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> A cafeteria lady, you know, <laughs> cafeteria worker. And that's because you work so hard. And then by the time you show up, you look frazzled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she kind of gave me some, I don't know, style about my presence. You gave her some game. Yeah. Gave on the, game. On yeah. the you gotta, style. You, you got to look saying? like you want the food to look. Um, but yeah, family is of the utmost importance to me and to my business. Um, even my aunts, my aunt Dolly, my aunt Wilma, they used to help me. Some of the recipes that I, that I came up with or that I perfected along the way. My aunt Dolly is the person who taught me how to do it. Beef tips. I didn't even know what that was. That's not something that I had growing up. Um, but it was something that was requested of me to make. That's what I used to do. Ask the cast and crew what they like to eat. But anyway, she would give me different recipes, yeah. different things to cook. Yep, she would cook them with me. Um, my mom would, would bake all of the baked goods that I would do in the beginning. My mother, pound cakes, sweet potato pies, anything. Mm-hmm. My mother would be the person 
that would do that. Um, my sister does it now. Um, one of my, another one of my sisters makes all of my um, cakes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, family is a driving force behind who I am. Fuller you know? food. Yeah, they're like behind the scenes, but yeah. Fuller food is a family thing, yeah. y'all. Yeah. So you know you see saying? my face, but it's it's my family, you know. So what was the process like when you were preparing for um, the great soul food cook-off? Like when you found out you were going to be on the show, what did you do to prep? What did I do to prepare? Was that filmed here? It was filmed in New York during the pandemic. <laughs> so that was crazy. We were on lockdown filming a show. Uh, I don't know that I prepared. I just believed that I was going to showcase soul food. Beautifully, you know, so I just wanted to study every recipe there is that that um, I had already had kind of under my belt. I wanted to study it and I wanted to figure out how to make it in a short amount of time because I didn't know how much time we would be given to cook anything. I certainly didn't think it would be like 30 minutes or 45. I thought it would be at least like an hour because it's soul food. But anyway, we weren't. No. Um, But so, yeah, I studied all of the pointers, all of the things that I valued about my history. Um, I made sure that I was, you know, up on it or, you know, that it wasn't just my feelings, that it was actually fact. Right. Um, and yeah, the food, I just had to visualize what I wanted different things to look like. Did I make anything that I planned to make on that show? No. no. <laughs> well, cause you only had 30 minutes. So the only thing that I made on that pivot. show that I had in cornbread. mind, <laughs> no, I didn't get to make cornbread at all. And that's that. Um, I made peach cobbler at the last, on the last episode, I got to make that, but anything else? No, it's on the fly. They telling you what to make right as you're about to do it. And so now that you've given us the dessert, yes. talking about your family, uh-huh. um, we're going to do our outro. Okay. We're wrapping it up. We're done. We are. So Yay! do you have any other shows coming up? I do not have another show coming up that I can say right now. So no. Because, you know, yeah. Something's cooking on a back burner. I don't know what's happening. But yeah. Look out. You never know. And can you tell my chefies, where can they find you? I'm on social media under Chef Razia Sabor. I would hope that you guys are going to. We're going to write it. Type that up on this <laughs> lovely professional here. show. <laughs> but my name is spelled R-A-Z-I-A. Um, so Chef Razia Sabor. My website is the same thing. RaziaSabor.com. And that's it. I'm at Fuller Food on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, my chefies, thank you so much, Chef Razia. That is it. Right it. Today. it is. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap.